The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. The Jesse Blake Sports Report. Really? Oh, wait, really? The Jesse Blake Sports Report. That's it? Don't forget, it's the Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. <laughs> you know, that's kind of redundant. Dude, is there a problem? You know, it's fine. I, I just, you know, I thought maybe you guys would come up with something, you know, good. Man, I just read it. You know what? Doesn't matter to me. I get paid by the word. Let's do this. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Today's episode of the Jesse Blake Sports Report is brought to you by Doer. Go to doer.ca and use the code SDPN15 for 15% off of your purchase today. And the Doer polo I'm wearing right now has become my favorite golf shirt. I did a lot of golfing this summer, and the fabric that they use is so soft and so flexible. That's like That was like the key for me with like Dewar's jeans and their polos and their tees and everything. It's not only the world's softest pants and a super soft polo. It's also like super flexible, so you can hack the ball out of the trees because on every hole, you're going to hit into some bushes. And Dewar, they make the clothes that allow for that. So go to Dewar.ca, as I said. Use the code STPN15. Go get a pair of the world's softest pants. Try the performance denim. I swear by it. The pants are incredible. Go get a couple basics. They have men's and women's clothing. Get some basics for the fall. We always need additions to our wardrobes. Doer.ca, SDPN15. Today's episode is also brought to you by Sports Interaction. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN if you are going to make any bets on any of our football picks today. And please, please gamble responsibly if you are going to gamble. Last week, I tweeted out my survival pool pick of the Ravens and I survived my pool. And a lot of you who replied with teams like the Colts and the Titans and the Broncos and the Bengals were not so lucky and did not survive. So I'm so sorry. But if you are like me and still in your survival pool, and also I like them against the spread, the Bengals this week are my survival pool picks. We're going to get into it in this podcast. I think it's a it should be a win here this week easily for Joe Burrow. Take them against the spread as well on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Let's get into the podcast with Annie O'Donnell talking football week two. All right, bringing on for the first time ever, it is Annie O'Donnell on the Jesse Blake Sports Report. Thank you, Annie, for joining us. Jesse, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be here. And and right now you're in Buffalo getting ready, ready for uh, Monday night? I am in Buffalo. I'm right in Orchard Park, where Highmark Stadium is. Literally five minutes from the stadium. Um, all I'm in a Bills Mafia fanned out fan cave. I I'm already feeling the excitement for Monday Night Football, even though we have an amazing Thursday night matchup right now. But I'm already antsy about Monday. Uh, yeah, already getting ready. <laughs> and and the Thursday night game is where I want to start. I brought you on today to preview Week Two of the NFL season. It was a crazy Week One, and like I expect more of that going into Week Two. And we start with. 
probably the biggest game of the week happens on Thursday. It's Chiefs Chargers on sportsinteraction.com right now. It's Chiefs minus four and a half. Do the Chargers have enough to stop Mahomes? Annie, what are you thinking about this game? Absolutely, I think they do. And I completely agree with you. This is the matchup. We've had two we're gonna have well first bills and the rams great first game great matchup for the first game of the season we'd like to have seen a bit of a closer game but i'm sure i'm sure buffalo is not complaining about ousting the super bowl champ uh, reigning super bowl champs this game though it's i mean you've got the two two of the most talented quarterbacks in the league that we're gonna watch for the next 10 plus years god willing you know injuries and they stay healthy for the entirety of it such a treat that we get to watch them for and they're still just so young but the fast last few matchups that they've had they've been very close and they've been very high scoring so for me and also Justin Herbert also beat Patrick Mahomes previously at Arrowhead. And everyone likes to bring that up when they talk about the Kansas City Chiefs is how hard it is to play in that atmosphere. Justin Herbert has no problem with that. So I think it's going to be very close, nonetheless, very high scoring. We're going to see a lot of different faces, uh, faces, maybe different uh, players on fantasy rosters scoring some points. But it's going to be an insane matchup nonetheless. A lot of defense is going to have to step up on both sides. But I wouldn't be surprised if, Justin Herbert is the first guy to beat Patrick Mahomes twice in Kansas City. Wouldn't be shocked. So my issue with Herbert is that is in his career as a starter, he's 15 and 17. He's a two games under 500 as a starter. And I feel like people are a little too quick to put him in that top tier category with Joe Burrow and Mahomes and Josh Allen. And I have him just like a little smidge below those guys. And I don't know if he has enough to get it done versus somebody who is obviously an all-star and a future Hall of Famer in Patrick Mahomes. I compl- Honestly, I completely agree with that. And I'm the same way as far as any athlete in any sport. Like, it's hard to rank one, unless you have, like, generational talent guys, like a Connor McDavid. You know that guy's going to be up near the top, even though, you know, we've, we've obviously seen him in the playoffs now recently. But before, when Edmonton was still stinking it up, like, we hadn't seen much of him in the playoffs. Whereas now... It's like, how are we five minutes in and we already got to hockey? I'm sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I'm trying to make connections. It's the first thing that came to mind. But, like, when you see... You know, you have these young, promising talent coming up. You know, it's hard to really put them up in that top category, mm-hmm. what in the a top five when we haven't seen them a lot of them. We've only seen just a small sample size, and that's why I'm a. I'm a I don't know if you you know, looking at my content, I'm a big Ravens fan. I'm a big Lamar Jackson supporter, and the fact that so many guys get put above him when he had I mean a unanimous MVP already under his belt he has that uh one playoff win that you know everyone was holding over his head he can throw the football everyone's calling him a running back because he doesn't like to throw the football I completely agree though I think when you're talking about the best quarterbacks in the league that hey you need to have more to the resume we need to have more of a big sample size when you're comparing to these other names that do have a lot of accomplishments like a lot of people like Josh Allen being up there is rightfully so especially after that game in Kansas City last season I don't think anyone should be should be uh, you know disagreeing with that but it's you see the talent from Herbert already and granted he had different head coaches he had different teams around him he's just that good where you see the talent around mm-hmm. him do I would I put him up there like above certain names no but he definitely belongs in the top 10 nonetheless but I completely get what you're saying though in that regard you know just need to see more you know, yeah, the, the Lamar comparison, 
the Lamar comparison is perfect because that's a guy who's done it. You know, there were question marks and then he went out and won, won the MVP and, and he led a spectacular Ravens team that season. And for Herbert, yeah, I'm just waiting for him to get it done. It's that simple. Like all the talents there, we see it's going to happen eventually. I'm just waiting for it to happen. And who knows if it starts tonight with a big win uh, versus the Chiefs. So which, which, who, which side are you on? Chiefs, Chargers tonight? Where are you going? Uh, I think I'm going to go Chargers. I, I okay. It's a hunch for me. It would not shock me, though, It's if the Chiefs pull it out. And you kind of just think about the matchups nonetheless. First of all, you got San Diego. No, lost. <laughs> I, I did that so many years in. I, it's a... <laughs> It's a habit. Um, you got the Chargers coming off a huge revenge win against the Raiders last week after that playoff game, which uh, that you know play and get that last game before the playoffs, m- missing it because they lost, and just on both sides of the ball, really. Maybe you could see a little bit more from the rushing game from the backfield. They're definitely going to have to do that this week against Kansas City. But de- defensive wise. Chargers defense absolutely just took on the Raiders there. And for the Chiefs, I mean, it's very easy to bet on them. They obviously, you know, everyone's talking about the AFC West now being the best division in football. And I would have to agree with that, just given that you could, I would say the four punch, but after, you know, the Broncos will need to redeem themselves after that loss against Seattle on Monday night. But the Chiefs need to remind people saying, hey, we're still the Chiefs. You know, we lost Tyreek Hill, but. Patrick Mahomes still has weapons on that team. And, you know, of course, we know the Mahomes to Kelsey connection. And those two, I mean, Travis Kelsey just rises to the occasion against the Chargers. I mean, you saw those two touchdowns last season in overtime. He's going to find him a lot. And every time you watch the Chiefs and you see Travis Kelsey open, you got to just like smack your head. You're like, why? How do you leave that guy? you you know NFL defenses know that they want to prevent that from happening but he's just so good he finds a way to get open and they find a way to find each other so mm-hmm. you know they all another common thing I I usually say is you know you're not going to be a team like the Kansas City Chiefs kicking field goals which is ironic considering their kicker Harrison Bucker is out for the game and given that this game is going to be tight I think that's such a such a loss for the Kansas mm-hmm. City Chiefs and honestly given the bad juju that's been around kickers this during week one, especially. I I mean, we'll see if that continues into week two, but I think that'll hurt Kansas City if it comes down to the wire there. Okay. The square bet is to just ride Kansas City, and I think that's what I'll be doing. You know, minus that's, four honestly, and a half, that's a, I'll take that's a that. safe bet. Yeah. Always a safe bet. All right, let's move over to Sunday. I think the uh, big matchup on Sunday will be Tampa, New Orleans, where Tom Brady has struggled versus the New Orleans Saints. The last uh, four games he's played versus them. Uh, he's 0-4 with eight interceptions and only six touchdowns. Do the Saints and Dennis Allen do it again and stop Tom Brady? What are you thinking I, here? I think so. I think yeah. so. I Why not? Honestly, <laughs> especially given the changes. And I mean, Tom Brady is a guy where the drama, the outside noise has never played into his his playing game but now that it's more his personal life coming into it obviously everyone's kind of raising questions about the 11 days he took off and Giselle making her comments you know did she actually want him to come back I don't think she wanted him to come back I think they she wanted she's like hey let's let's move on with our lives let's have you home yeah, like no way she wants him playing football no right way now. she probably but, wanted him retired like oh, five yeah. six years ago like oh yeah but you know, the man, yeah, hey, he wants to keep winning Super Bowls. He feels like he has something to prove. Seven rings, and he feels like he has something to prove. I mean, 
for for any guy like I mean, you just remember when uh, Adam Schefter released the report that he was retiring and the countless posts, you know, the countless every the celebration of his career. The man has nothing to prove. And I think maybe he's coming back just because he was a little, you know, I'm, I would I would have laughed if I thought, you know, he's coming back simply because like he didn't announce his retirement on his own terms, <laughs> kind of thing. But, I, you, you know, you kind of feel like a guy like Tom would want to do what Kobe Bryant did. What, a you know, a Derek Jeter, a Mariano Rivera, you have like the farewell year mm-hmm. and it's planned and you know teams can give their you know do a proper send off a goodbye kind of thing you would think like, with a guy like tom brady like just that caliber you'd want that to happen but i digress back to the matchup here i the saints are an interesting team to me because you really you think about that own four record and of course that doesn't factor in that playoff win that the you know, mm-hmm. the buccaneers had to go on and win the super bowl but no Drew Brees, no Sean Payton. And you would think after Brees called it a career, you know, what do the Saints do now? You know, this has been their quarterback for so long, you know, but you still have all these offensive weapons. Or what do you do? Do you try and trade these guys and do a rebuild? Do you, you know, kind of get under that salary cap? What do you do? And the Saints really took the approach. They're like, no, we're going to still try and find a way to win. Jameis is going to step up, be the guy. And they're still, hey, with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, I'm so pissed. I left Michael Thomas on my bench last week, and I what? still. He's I Michael Thomas. Why would you start him? Because he was injured. You know, you never know no. with that kind of Achilles injury. You just never know how he these had an guys unreal second out. half. I know it was. I'm oh. kicking myself. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I still won, so it doesn't okay. matter. But, That's good. That's good. I mean, I was still. I mean, I was also flexing on picking up Kyle Pitts in my fantasy draft, and he got what three point three point four points. Yeah, no, Kyle Pitts uh, struggled in week one so I'm, I'm hoping for i'm rooting for a comeback for him but you know the saints still have this team especially special teams as well they have a team that can get this done that can win football games and can take back that nfc south division and i say why not continue the zero and five continue the zero and five record here and you could say that tom brady has you know he wants to get the saints he has this revenge i was like Tom Brady doesn't care about beating, having a winning record against the New Orleans Saints. Like I don't think, I I just think don't, he would. You, you Tom think Brady's Tom would be so like, ultra competitive <laughs> that that's something he would care about? He knows what people say. Like that's we're true. sitting here talking about zero and four in the last four. He knows it. I think he wants to win. And you like, know, now I'm, that you bring it, now that you bring it up, Tom is con- Tom is a weird dude, and he would probably like just keep be sleepless. Like he's still sleepless over losing that switch, losing a Super Bowl to the New York Giants after going undefeated during the season. I get that. I mm-hmm. get that. That just gnaws at you. But we're talking about regular season and in the t- with, with while he's with the Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints, but. You do bring up an interesting point where it's, you know, it's a narrative. He is that, that like, guy. We're talking about the man with the TB12 method that doesn't, you know, eat strawberries or drink coffee. <laughs> right. That he wouldn't be annoyed about a regular season record. He probably no. wouldn't be. Yeah, it's a narrative we're talking about, so I'm sure he's heard the noise. And like, it's a uh, bucks minus two and a half right now on SportsInteraction.com. And yeah, I think uh, two straight games here. I'm gonna be riding with the favorites, and it sounds like you're gonna be with the underdog here. Saints is again here. Uh, yeah, I'm going Saints. Okay, and let's uh, let's move on to the other Sunday matchup that I think is going to be uh, a lo- with a lot of eyeballs on it: the Bengals and the Cowboys. And the Cowboys coming off that just disaster, disaster oh, of a game versus the Bucks on Sunday night, where uh, Dak's gone. Jerry Jones is saying it might be four weeks. Uh, the initial prognostications about his injuries were about six to eight. We'll see how long he's out. But Cooper Rush as their starting quarterback. 
I don't have a lot of faith that the Cowboys can do anything here versus the Bengals. And like their defense was, it was very turnover dependent last year and it didn't look great last week versus the Bucks. No, I mean, they definitely got better as opposed, I remember that 2020 Cowboys defense was mm-hmm. atrocious. <laughs> so they, they took positive steps to get better, but you kind of feel, I mean, I, especially after watching hard knocks last year and you really like, you, I, I like hard knocks because you get to meet these players, you know, not on a personal level nonetheless, but you know, you kind of get to know more about them and you could just feel for Dak Prescott, especially oh, yeah. after that 2020, uh, you know, season-ending injury he had. You were hoping for a bounce-back year for him. And week one, of course, going out with the thumb. And he's, I think Dak's a guy. You know, a lot of people, it's interesting where certain fans rank Dak Prescott when, you, when you're talking quarterbacks. I do think he he's near and around the top 10. But I think a lot of, you know, so I think he's severely overrated in some aspects, but also, like, a lot of fans really underrate him just given his accomplishments and what he's been able to do. I know a lot of head scratches when he got that huge huge deal from Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, but oh God, that game was awful. And I was at somebody, I also have CD lamb on one of my teams. So let's, uh, I don't think he's a wide receiver one this year. You know, I don't uh, think he's no, finishing he the top 12 in, in fantasy points and wide receivers. I worry about CD. And um, it, honestly, the biggest high, still the highlight of CD Lamb's career was him getting drafted and looking over at his his girlfriend grabbing his phone, and he's like, "Give me that back." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, the Bengals too. Just uh, you know, you think about this matchup here, and the Bengals had a just a wacky game against the Steelers, where they looked not put together, and ended up coming away with the with the L there, and Joe Burrow getting sacked. What? What was it? Three interceptions in just the first half. It was seven times Burrow was sacked, four interceptions, four interceptions. and uh, fumbled the ball. <laughs> you know, he like, and his first pass attempt of the year was the pick six. Yeah, like he had a just a, a weird game by his standards, and the Bengals by their standards had an awful game. And but they looked good at moments. You know, on the yeah. last drive of the uh, of regular time when when. Um, Jamar Chase caught four touchdowns and three of yeah. them were taken back. Like they looked great at that moment. One so, of those should have been a touchdown, but right. <laughs> the Bengals should have challenged that. No, no brainer about it. Oh, I, yeah. I remember last year in the playoffs, you know, he was getting, Burrow was getting sacked a lot, but mm-hmm. the Bengals were winning football games. So mm-hmm. you're kind of like, all right, well, that's a concern. But one of the biggest things going back to that 2021 draft and why the Bengals thought they were going to pick up a Penny Sewell instead of Jamar Chase is to add that protection for Joe Burrow because he's coming off that, that knee surgery and that knee injury he had. Of course, Penny Sewell's now with the with the Detroit Lions. And I don't think they regret drafting Jamar Chase. I certainly wouldn't if I were the Cincinnati Bengals. But that offensive line has got to be better. And Joe Burrow's got to get rid of the ball faster. And like, like we said, it's week one, of course. You know, there's flukes. Everybody's freaking out. There's all decisions. Everyone's saying, fire this guy, you know, you know, release this guy, everything. You know, week one, get the nerves out. A lot of these, some of these big guys don't play during the preseason. So this mm-hmm. is their first time taking snaps outside of training camp and practice. But I, I'd be hard not to go. I mean, I think the easy choice here is the Bengals. I mean, yeah. you're without Dak Prescott. You've got solid weapons for the Cowboys, but God, I, I would be shocked. I'm wondering what the spread was before Dak got injured and what it was after. I believe uh, the Cowboys were the favorites. I think they were um, minus two and a half. And then once the Sunday night game happened, it went off the board. And now the Bengals are minus seven and a half on sports. And I think so, that's fair. Yeah, I huge nine point swing there. And yeah. it makes sense. You know, just what we know about the Cowboys. Um, and let's go to the biggest matchup of the entire week. Monday night, 
Bills Titans. It's the biggest matchup because you will be there live and in person. <laughs> I will the, be the, there. The Chiefs Chargers biggest matchup like on on paper but for everybody we already put that out. But for you personally and for this podcast, you're going to be there. I know. It's crazy. I What are you are you are you going to go through a table? I want to. It's on my list, which my mother is probably going to be like, don't you dare. But I won't. It's all right. I better. She doesn't. I'm old enough where I can make my own decisions. So I I want to experience. I think that's the best part about football, too, is just, you know, the passion of the fan base. And here, I mean, in Buffalo, just driving around and I'm not from here. So I'm from California. So, you know, honestly, California, you get a big melting pot because so many people are from everywhere and they move mm-hmm. into California. So you get a whole mix of teams, which is really cool in one sense, but it is all about the bills here. And look, cause listen, nobody's with the exception of the goat head coming back. Nobody's really uh, getting out of bed for the Buffalo Sabres <laughs> currently. Maybe, Hey, who knows? Maybe in a few years time, they got a great farm system, but right now it is all about the no, Buffalo Bills. That's Tage Thompson extension. That was huge for them. You know, it's, oh, it's going to, it's going to be a good rebuilding year. Hey, a lot of young talent. Kevin Adams is working with what he yeah. can. Got a nice haul out of that Jack Eichel trade. So we'll we'll see what comes of it. Uh, certainly, you know, you have a lot of uh, you know, trade stock, if that, too, and salary cap to work with. But mm-hmm. it is all Bills here. I mean, you see it. everyone greets each other with Go Bills. It's Bills flags <laughs> everywhere. It's I imagine this is kind of like what Green Bay would be like, because that's mm-hmm. all they have there is the Packers. But right. it's just, I mean, when I have the opportunity, I mean, I'm in a wedding on Saturday and then Monday night football, it's happening at home. It's the home opener. I'm not missing that. There are certain things you got to just experience whether or not you're a fan of those teams or not. And I'm a fan of sports. I'm a fan of football. I want to watch a damn good football game. You got Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, that electric offense on one side. And then probably my favorite player to watch outside of my own team is Derrick Henry. I love watching that man just tear through defenses down the field. I think it's poetry. He makes it look so easy just because he's a monster of a man. So I'm looking forward. I'm hoping it's a great matchup. I I, I hope it's a great game, but I I'm, 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 which I, I know it will be, but I want a high scoring. I want I want a great uh, football game. The atmosphere there is going to be unbelievable. I'm so jealous that you get to experience that, especially on a Monday night. Right. And like for for the on the field stuff, you mentioned Derrick Henry coming into the year. I was very like low on Derrick Henry in terms of fantasy because when I looked at his numbers last year when he wasn't injured, it seemed very carry dependent like he needed a huge workload to get up to those crazy 150 130 rushing numbers and i felt like okay the yards per carry weren't really there he wasn't going off for for these crazy eight yards every single time it was more like three and a half ish range but he looked okay week one he got kind of supplanted um by by the backup there who who was getting getting all the pass catches um i forget his name off the top of my head uh but We'll see what we get out of Derrick Henry. Are you expecting a big game from the Titans defense and them being able to stop Josh Allen and then the offense getting it going a little? They're going to need to have a big game. Otherwise, they're going to get dog walked down the field by Josh Allen. (laughs) (laughs) With that home crowd atmosphere, there's no chance there. I mean, it's one thing. The Bills are always going to have the home advantage, of course. But when you have, and this is all due respect to the Tennessee Titans here, but when you have, you know, you, you think of passionate, big fan bases in the NFL. I mean, who are the first teams that come to mind for you? You think of the Packers. I mean, the Steelers, of course, you know, the Cowboys being one. I mean, that's one where, you know, you can kind of 
maybe in some stadiums you can feel that home i will I'll, i will disrespect my home crowd uh my hometown southern california but sometimes at sofi you know teams that travel of course everyone wants to go to sofi all of those you know? are road games the chargers exactly. and rams they play every game on the road True, truly, truly. And that's, and honestly, a large part of that is because they're, you know, the Rams obviously aren't new to LA, but you know, you gotta, it takes time to establish mm-hmm. a fan base and establish that loyalty. So fans that have rooted had grew up in Southern California and said, Hey, I don't want to root for the chargers, but I, you know, we don't have a team. So I'm going to pick a, a random one. That's why you get California teams that like the giants that like the Carolina Panthers, but it's, I mean, they're certainly, it's going to be hard facing off against that bills crowd atmosphere that, is this is Super Bowl or bust here? This is the best team in mm-hmm. football, and there's no question about it. Uh, that I mean, their only chance there is. To, I mean, I Ryan Tannehill's another quarterback that I think gets slept on a lot. He's efficient. Not he's I I characterize it like this, and I say quarterbacks. I kind of compare them to cars. Like so, Ryan Tannehill's like a Honda Civic, maybe like a few steps above. Like gets the job done. You know, will make a couple good plays, get you where you need to go. But he's not a Patrick Mahomes. He's not a Josh Allen. He's not gonna, you know, do anything. Not a Mercedes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, they're Mercedes. What? What is the? What is, what's the top one? Uh, is uh, it? Like an AMG. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Else, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're maybe talking like luxury car. Luxury <laughs> cars here. But um. He, they have the capability to get the job done um, as far as, you know, getting points on the board and staying competitive. And especially, like you said, Derrick Henry's got to be that guy. He's mm-hmm. got to just tear through that buff. A very, uh, I should, shouldn't say very good, a great and highly ranked Buffalo defense. And that's the scariest part about the Bills is they're just top to bottom stacked. They're just, there's not one part where they're like, okay, this, this is going to carry. Maybe some games you'll have, okay, the offense really carried them here. Defense carried them here. But you don't have a weak link at all on this team it just depends who shows up what game so if the bills play to their capability the bills play to what they can do i don't see the titans stand a chance here all right i think we're we're both we're both riding the bills wave this week gotta ride and- the bills we're, we're on the <laughs> we're on the bills wagon bill oh, yeah. before we go here i just want our audience uh listening and watching right now to get to know you a little bit more because it's your first appearance on this channel on this podcast so all right. You're a Ducks fan. You're a Dodgers fan. You've mentioned you're from California. What yep. are your expectations for the Ducks this year? Do, can the Dodgers win a non-COVID title? Give us those two takes. Okay. So let's start with the Ducks. Um, I, this is an interesting summer because it's Pat Rubik's first summer as general manager of the Ducks. First offseason without Bob Murray in 13 years. Uh, so I really didn't know what to expect coming into this, but I really like the additions he made. Obviously, you have the cap floor that you have to get to, and the Ducks are still very low under the salary cap. So it's still a rebuilding year, especially in that Pacific division where you have the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers who are going to who are going to take, I think, finish one and two in the division. Of course, oh, yeah. everyone was so confident that the Vegas Golden Knights were going to do the same uh, last year, and uh, uh, we obviously know that that didn't happen. That'll be interesting to see what happens with them, too, given their goaltending situation. But on another note... Yeah, their I, lack of goaltending situation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I think that the Ducks finish, if they're not maybe teetering into that um that wild card spot one of those wild card spots but i'm gonna say another year no playoffs and i will be obviously i'll eat my words and be surprised if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. but i still think that this team needs time this team needs you know there's still a lot of young talent in here and 
Pat Verbeek really sees, he's playing long ball. He sees the long picture. This is not a win now team. The additions this summer were not win now. We're not, hey, we're cup or bust. Jonathan Klingberg, obviously the biggest addition this year on that one year, $7 million deal, which, hey, I think is perfect. You know, it's a short term. Hey, if it works out great and you want to stay, if not, we'll ship you off to a competitor at the deadline. It's $7 right. million. And that's the, you know, obviously he wanted a longer term, but I'm a, I'm stingy about giving defensemen that are kind of in that older category, long-term deals. Like I'm t- like the Brent Seabrook deal that he got that Chicago gave him still. I'm like, why? Well, <laughs> that was a dumb move. I get it. You just won your third Stanley cup in six years, but dumb move. But I, Verbeek really set this team up where you've got a lot of young talent in the league. You got a young talent in, you know, the AHL, in juniors, in college, and really give them time to develop. Don't rush them up through, you know, skipping any steps. Mason McTavish will obviously join. I think there's no chance he doesn't make the team this year. He's not old enough. You know, he's surpassed juniors and he's not old enough to go to the AHL. So I think no doubt he stays with the team. But I think this team, it's this time, it's really keep the team competitive. Like, still win some hockey games we won't tank but you know give time just for the young guys to come up and really get uh, introduced into the league so yeah it's probably the best young roster in the league one of them definitely i would argue the kings are up there too i know uh a lot of question marks around quentin by quentin byfield Mm -hmm. and uh his his performance of course he was injured last year so a lot of people are saying oh maybe this guy doesn't really live up to the hype i was like it's, give him time it's one year he started off on a bad foot literally he injured his foot so um i'm ex- i honestly i i think california hockey it went competitive it's such a great rivalry between the ducks and the kings and even though i do not like the kings at all i think that it's better for hockey when both teams are good. So I, I'm excited for the future for both teams. But I could see the Kings getting into that third slot. Yeah. Um, no, they're a potential playoff team. And and just before I get your thoughts on the Dodgers, thumbs up or thumbs down on the Zegris NHL 23 cover? I like it. I like a thumbs it. up? Okay. I like it. I know a lot of people don't. I know. Um, but I... And I know it was the weird it, the people got mad at it for weird reasons, I think. And yeah. I'm not people a, I'm are upset not, at like the palm trees and the palm stuff. Palm trees. Look. That's what that's what got me so funny. Like got me that literally made me laugh is so many people were coming on and saying, like, palm trees aren't hockey. Like, what does that <laughs> mean? I said, You just had Tampa win two cups, plenty of palm trees there. Like oh, yeah. I, I grew up in California. I grew up in ice rinks in California. There's palm trees outside of ice rinks. Palm trees and hockey works a lot of places. So mm-hmm. I and I like um, having Sarah Nurse on there. Honestly, people were kind of, they said, why why put those two players together? And I said, why not? You know, you're tapping into two markets. You want to, you know, expand your horizons of a video game. People know Trevor Zegers. He's extremely marketable. Uh, I don't get the hate for him at all. I no. think he's exciting. I think he's entertaining. And he's just fun to listen to, fun to watch in interviews. And generally, hockey players, not the most eclectic personalities. So it's nice to see somebody that just loves the game, wants to have a good time, and doesn't take himself too seriously while putting out great efforts on the ice. Mm-hmm. So, And like, a- as a Canadian, we have to stop gatekeeping hockey a little. We can have palm trees on a hockey video game cover. It's okay. Yeah. People will exactly, survive. Exactly. Other people I- play hockey in different parts of the world. Palm <laughs> trees exist. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I and Dodgers, say, World Series, yes, no? Yes. It's World Series or bust at this point. <laughs> they clinched the division with three weeks left in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, with that lineup, it, there's no excuse. If they lose, if they don't make it to the World Series and win the World Series, it's it's completely on them. 
they're the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the only chances, the only real threats, you would argue the New York Mets who just had, you know, in that series a few weeks ago, took the, had the Dodgers number there uh, for two of those games. But with, you can make the argument that the real threat is in the American League with the Astros and the Yankees. And I know uh, I would be ha- Hey, the Blue Jays. Of course. Of course. All right. All right. Eh, we'll see. Well, you guys have a lot. Of, I... I, I have a lot of there's a lot of fan favorites I have on the Blue Jays. You have a lot of former Dodgers on the Blue Jays. Okay. <laughs> Ross Stripling, Ryu, I love those guys. So mm-hmm. that respect for the Blue Jays. Um, but honestly, I, I I'm excited to see the expanded playoff uh, postseason mm-hmm. bracket too. I like that if there's going to be more teams for one. But that as a fan as a baseball fan that had to experience that one game wild card for the first time last season, that was horrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> As exciting as it was, that the my nerves were shot. Like it's one game. That's mm-hmm. like football. Like you it's play just 162 that... games. It shouldn't come down to one nine inning game. Exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. Which obviously that Chris Taylor walk off uh, mm-hmm. two run home run to win it. Uh, bottom of the ninth was nuts. But I, I like the idea of a three game series uh, plus more teams with a shot uh, in the postseason. So it'll be. I'm excited to see how that plays out this year. But. Absolutely, World Series for the Dodgers. Uh, if they don't win it, it'll be uh, injuries or God, you know, the cons, the common things that are reasons why the Dodgers lose games: leaving men on base, you know, no run support, like the constant, the literally the amount of times base is loaded, nobody comes in. It just it haunts me. It's a constant. It's just always been a problem. Never not being able to, you have the bases loaded, nobody out, three guys in a row strike out. That happened last year against the Braves too. That's another team you can maybe say would be along with the Mets, the Braves, uh, the Phillies. Eh, you know, I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, with Bryce Harper on the team, you can always argue, you know, they can, you know, they're always a threat, but I, I don't see them going, going too far there. So Mm -hmm. I think their ride, their ride through the national league should be, I won't say breezy, um, I but I would love to see a Dodgers Mets uh, NLCS. I think yeah, that, that'd be that's really what I exciting. Existence yeah. and especially with a guy like Jacob Degrom, I I want to see the man healthy. I want to see when you have such exciting players, even if they're not on your team, you you want them to be healthy. You want them to put out the you know, the amazing performances that they do. So I hope that he stays healthy and that the Mets don't run into their usual string of bad luck running into the playoffs. <laughs> so lastly, before we go here. Can you tell people where they can follow you and what your content is like? You're huge on TikTok. That's where I discovered your stuff. Uh, just tell people about where they can find your content. So you can find me on any social media platform. I'm Sweet Annie OD. I do TikTok, Twitter, uh, Instagram a little bit. Uh, Instagram's a little mix of more like my personal interests. Like I'm big into, you know, classic rock and just like my daily life, but also post a lot of sports stuff. I have a podcast called OD on sports where I just rant about whatever sports topics I want to rant about. Um, I am big on my TikTok uh, platform and following. Uh, I don't take myself seriously at all on TikTok. So it's a lot of just some of them. It's like ranting videos about something in sports I want to talk about. Or sometimes it's uh, relating something that happened in sports to a movie scene that I know. So I'll use that sound to kind of draw those two connections. It's fun. I, I don't take myself seriously at all on TikTok. And I think that's the best part. Sports are supposed to be fun. At the end of the day, no matter how much you know analysis and stress we put on as sports fans, it's fun. So I and that's how I feel like I, I really make that connection with a lot of people is people like to laugh. People like humor. So I, I like to think I'm the best of it all. 
<laughs> no, it's perfect. Everybody listening, everybody watching, go follow Annie. You won't regret it. And thank you. And I want to have you on next week, just briefly, so I can check in to see how it was in person watching the Bills on Monday night. Oh, if you're absolutely. cool with that, I'll bring you back absolutely. on. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. <laughs> we'll see you next week then. Thank you so much again for joining us. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for having me. That is it for us today. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be watching or listening to this podcast right now, and I really appreciate you. I can't wait to check in with Annie next week, see how it was on Monday night. I'm going to be doing some NHL fantasy content coming up in the next couple of weeks. As we lead into the season, I'm going to do some sleeper picks and some strategies on how to win your NHL fantasy league in 22 23 this upcoming season so i'm very excited for that that's coming down as we lead in towards the season thank you again i will see you next week and that is how it's done the jesse blake sports report with jesse blake powered by sports interaction canada's sportsbook jesse blake the guy that likes to hear his name twice in one sentence sure i know him No, he doesn't have an ego at all. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.